0: Uh, welcome back to Why haven't you watched that after our little break we had for a couple weeks? So today we're doing When Harry Met Sally. Is this our first rom com? I think it is. I was just gonna ask you the same thing. If it's
1: not, it's our first straight person rom com.
0: Yeah, I don't think the queer films we've done have been rom coms. Yeah, I don't think they've. Really <laughs> I don't been think comedies. Moonlight was a rom com. <laughs> no. I don't think Carol really qualifies as a rom com either. So. I think most of
1: them are like dramas and uh, yeah, like sad kind of movies. Yeah. Melancholy. Yes. Yeah, I, I like this actually. I didn't expect to like it because I don't really like rom coms that much, but I yeah, liked I th- it.
0: Yeah, because I think because this breaks convention enough that it feels it's like interesting to watch and it's like actually well written. <laughs> yeah. I actually wanted to know like what what all did you know about like the premise of this movie and the plot of it before you saw it, because I'm curious. I don't think that
1: I knew pretty much anything about the plot line of it, except for the fact that it was a rom-com. Okay. And I knew that Carrie Fisher was in it, because, um, like, I didn't always know that she was in it. I was reading one of her books, and she was like, when I was on When Harry Met Sally, and I was like, what? <laughs> um, And, like, I had seen that scene before. Yeah. The one.
0: <laughs> the one. The yes, yes scene. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Everyone has seen that. Like uh, I think the first time I saw this, I actually don't remember, but I it was probably in my early twenties. I think is the first time I saw this, and I remember being surprised. Like you, I thought it was just like some dumb, stupid rom com, but it's actually like a really enjoyable film. It's really charming.
1: Yeah, I figured it would be like really sexist and everything, just because that's the way that most of them are, especially
0: yeah in
1: the eighties and
0: the nineties. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, like um, a, Nora is uh, Nora Ephron wrote the script, and she also mm-hmm. did uh, "You've Got Mail" and "Sleepless in Seattle." All the Meg Ryan films. Yeah, <laughs> um, and actually, like when I was looking stuff up, I hadn't realized she died in 2012. Really, I had no idea she passed away. Mm-hmm. I had no clue and i think the last thing she did was this play called love loss and what i wore which is actually performed at uh, my best friend's mom's theater that she manages that's cool yeah so that was that was a really cool thing and but yeah i had no idea she had passed away That's crazy yeah how old was she she wasn't old i don't think yeah i didn't think and like she apparently no no one knew she was ill and Uh she like kept it from everybody so that's really sad yeah that is really sad anyway um, (laughs) so i'm jackie i'm lita and this is why haven't you watched that
1: Beginning it said special music and arrangements
0: by Henry Connick Jr. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was it was kind of a little I mean, maybe not for the time, it wasn't random. He was more famous in the eighties, I think. But yeah. but yeah, it's kind of like random movie with like musical arrangements by some pop star randomly for no reason. Yeah.
1: For some reason I thought that he was mainly an actor, but
0: Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Hmm. And I think the fact that, like, this movie avoids being sexist despite the premise being the question, can men and women be friends, I think yeah. is a
1: really good achievement. I read and, the uh, description for it, and I was like, mm.
0: <laughs> Yeah, like what, like uh, the one line uh, Sally has, he's like, I just didn't want to sleep with you, and you have to write it off as a character flaw. And I was like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> tell him. I was so confused at the beginning because I'm like,
1: they haven't met before, but they're driving all the way to New York together, yeah, and they have weird. barely anything with them, and is he just never going to see this girlfriend of his ever again, that they're, like, kissing this passionately? Is this their, like, yeah. goodbye send-off, you know? Yeah, I
0: think, I think so. I think, like, it was, like, they're going to, like, try the long-distance thing, maybe, but they both mm. know it's not going to work, kind yeah. of thing. And yeah, they had, like, no things. He just has, like, a duffel bag and a baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> It, and she just drops him off at Washington Square Park for some reason, and not at wherever it is that he's staying. Yeah, maybe it was just, like, harder to drive to wherever he was staying. It was easier to walk there from the park. I don't know. Why couldn't she just drop him off at his building? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that whole, like, situation is just kind of odd. It's like you're going on a long road trip with a guy you don't really know. Yeah. And clearly haven't even met before. You're just going off the fact that he's your friend's boyfriend. <laughs>
1: And it's weird that they'd never met, like, when she was such good friends with this girl. Like, she wouldn't have met her boyfriend before. it's It's, it's kind of odd. It is kind of odd. And, again,
0: just, did you ship the rest of your stuff, I guess, maybe? Maybe. That would be the only other thing I could think of. Yeah. And also, oh, the 70s and 80s, back when journalism was still a viable career. Oh my god, I know. (laughs) Like, watching that, and
1: then they barely ever talk about their jobs during... They, like, they mention them in passing, but they barely ever mention, like, oh, this is what I was doing at work today, and I was just like,
0: it hurts, it's like a knife through the heart, you know? Yeah, and also, like, the romanticism of just, like, moving into New York City and, like, everything just turning out fine and doing well for yeah. yourself, it's like, oh, oh, man. The I mean, I Hollywood. guess they went to, like,
1: a good school, but still, that doesn't really matter, you know? Yeah, like everything is like still. Like had these luck. like nice apartments and. Oh my god! Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's a lawyer, but still. Yeah, yeah, he does have that at least. If he's a lawyer, it makes sense he would like live in a nice place. But even like, I feel like even back in, back uh, in the seventies and eighties, journalism wouldn't really get you somewhere nice in Manhattan to live. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I agree. I like unless you're, one of the top people or something, but yeah.
0: Like, one of the editors or something like
1: that. Yeah. And then which also, th- uh, his friend Jess is a writer as well, which is weird.
0: Yeah. I feel like Jess, like, obviously they don't go into Jess's history. I feel like he came from money. That's just my theory. Probably. Like, like, like his I parents think put him I they all off. came from money. They all came from money, <laughs> so they all, like, had, like, a big, like, jump ahead in that respect for sure.
1: That's what I just assume about most people in movies, like because they're usually all white, middle to upper
0: class people, and... and they have jobs like writer for New York Magazine or whatever.
1: It's like yeah, and they went to good schools that probably cost a lot of tuition, and they're just like, oh, I'm just gonna move to New York because that's what you do, and that's like the only viable city to do this thing in. But it doesn't matter because I can just move there, and it's not a problem. And like you know, in um, in Home Alone that
0: massive fucking house that they have. Oh, yeah. That and it's house like, what do you guys do ginormous. for a living? <laughs> and it's in First Chicago. All, <laughs> yeah, it's in Chicago. They have like 600 kids mm-hmm. living in this giant house. It's like, what do you guys do for a living? Like if you and have one
1: kid and you don't really have to spend that much money on like child rearing expenses, mm-hmm. like having a really big house isn't that unheard of. Or if you like don't have kids, it's much easier. But every kid you have is so much money.
0: You know. It is. And also, like, it, ki- it, it kind of makes sense they want to be able to keep them all straight. <laughs> you know? Because mm-hmm. if they both have jobs that are not demanding enough, they make enough money to afford the house and the kids in the first place. They probably delegate a lot of childcare to, like, nannies and babysitters and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. But yeah, like, every movie that I remember watching as a kid um, about, like, any sort of family or, like, a high school kid or whatever they've got these massive houses and they have a full upstairs and not not just like a little town home cuz like I live in a place with an upstairs now but it's like a little town home yeah <laughs> like, yeah it's like the same as my old apartment just split level so it's like half the amount of square footage on one level and half the amount on the top level it's not a fucking mansion you know
0: yeah i feel like also that might be like part of the dis- the disappointment of us millennials Yeah. (laughs) Like, like we were fed like media. It's like, oh, just go to a good college and get a good job and you'll be fine. And like, not realizing that it's like a lot of his fantasy unless you come from money already.
1: Yeah. And I also feel like there used to be a more of a like set path for people. Like, if you end up in college, you study like these very specific areas and. There aren't as many people that are studying, you know, like women's studies, where people are like, oh, what are you going to do with a women's studies degree? Or just like random majors that aren't funneling you into a job like lawyer, doctor, journalist, uh, I don't even know, like, what other jobs there are. What like, What are other business jobs? person like <laughs> architect? Young that's a popular rom
0: com job. Right?
1: Architect, yeah, because <laughs> uh, that's like semi romantic, but like you can still make a lot of money with it, and like you don't actually have to know a lot of math to make the thing happen. You just have to like draw up the plans, and then it's somebody else's job to actually construct it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I have a friend who's a civil engineer, and that he's like, we hate architects. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there was like more of a, a funnel into these things, and that's where we get all of the the media that's like, "Oh, I'm dissatisfied with what my parents want me to do. I don't want to be put into a box. I don't want to just be a lawyer. I want to be like an art therapist for horses or whatever <laughs> the fuck." And not realizing that you know all all the other industries used to have like a set path of, "Oh, you intern." for this company and then they are the company that's going to end up offering you a job so that you don't have to worry about searching for a job outside of college and like looking for entry level bullshit that's like doesn't matter and no one will still hire you even though you have a four year degree you know
0: drawing from personal experience mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> what's worse is is that i am like i've been a business professional for 3 years yeah, that, out of that's... college and people are still like oh you're going for a different industry that must mean you know nothing <laughs>
0: You have no applicable skills in any way. Of course um, not. But getting back to the movie. Yeah, back to. Uh, speaking of fantasy and stuff, I feel like this movie actually does, like, a good job of kind of, like, deconstructing a fairy tale romance. Yeah. They build this foundation over a very long period of time. And especially if, like, the old married couples in the, this documentary within the movie that they do, they were like, oh, we met and we married immediately because, you know, that's how it was kind of back then. Yeah. You could just, like, marry someone immediately and commitment wasn't, like, this whole fraught thing and it was just what you we were expected to do as opposed to modern day where it's, like, the whole dating scene and trying to find the right person and all this stuff and the idea that, like, you should be friends with the person you spend the rest of your life with. Yeah, I liked,
1: um... I think the very first couple, the the guy was like, and we've been together for fifty years ever since. And the lady kind of like gives him this, <laughs> yes,
0: <Yeah. this> look. <laughs> She's like, <"Ugh."
1: laughs> yeah, God, because <laughs> yes, I mean, that was my grandparents. Like both uh, sets of my grandparents, they met really young and were married for upwards of fifty years. My parents met really young too, but I don't know. Like I've always just like viewed them in a different light than older yeah. relationships, like from like the thirties and forties and fifties.
0: Yeah, it, I think it's definitely, like, a generational kind of thing. Because, like, even further back, people didn't marry for love. They married for, like, power grabs and for alliances and that sort of thing. And then gradually over time, it's like, oh, you need to marry someone for love. That's what lo- that's what marriage is. When that's not what it used to be at all. Yeah. And I think, like, the definition kind of, like, is always changing over time. Especially now people, like, I feel like a weird thing that people do now is expect your monogamous partner to be your everything. Yeah. like You need to get everything from them, all of your emotional fulfillment, every, like, at, they should be, like, the center of your universe, which I think is really unhealthy.
1: Yeah. I think there's a lot of people, too, who take, like, the smallest, I think it's there's two extremes right now. There's people that marry men who don't even know how to properly wipe their ass, (laughs) and they somehow don't figure this out until after they're married, and then they're like, oh no. And then there's the people that will just cut and run at the smallest inconvenience or flaw or hiccup, and they don't ever want to work on a relationship. And then they always blame it on the other person when they should be looking at themselves, because like, you're the one
0: that's always... Yeah, if there's Finding like a pattern flaws. in your relationships, <laughs> maybe it's not the other people, it's you, mm-hmm. and it's worth looking at again. Uh, something I want to discuss is the central question of the movie: is can men and women be friends? You know, in like a heterosexual, you know, kind of way. We'll just we'll just leave queer people out of the equation for a moment. But I do want to get into that aspect of it as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I think I think the answer is yes. And I think it's because you can be attracted to your friends and not also not want to act on it. Yeah. I mean, I've been, like, attracted to friends I've had before, and it's like, I don't want to be with them. You know? I think there's a big difference between the two things. Yeah. I
1: agree. Um, And I think that... um... We could probably talk about, like, if you are gay and you have friends of the same sex too, because I feel like, obviously, yes, you can be friends because we've just been socialized in a heteronormative society to look at other people of the same gender as friends, so it's, like, more of a leap sometimes. Yeah. Even if you are attracted to the same gender, to take it above that because we're just socialized not to in in the first place.
0: Yeah, I Um, think... This movie is also trying to say men and women are different, and it's like, I mean, I think I think it's true to some extent that men tend to sexualize things more than women do, for yeah. sure. Um, so it might be more difficult to, for them to view uh women they're attracted to as just friends and nothing else. Yeah. Uh, but it can go the other way as well, for sure.
1: I think that I definitely know that, like most straight men are going to let. Their mind wander yes. into that realm. I mean, <laughs> but is, I think that a lot of straight women do
0: that too. Yeah, they just like if you. Just you <laughs> think about it, you consider it at least. You're like, would I sleep with this person though? You know, if your answer is no, you're still like considering it. And I don't think that's necessarily a death knell to a friendship, unless no. you decide to make it a death knell to the friendship. Yeah, because in this movie, eventually it got to the point for them where their romantic and sexual feelings for each other overpowered the purely platonic aspect of it
1: yeah because they did have a really good friendship that wasn't based on sex for a really long time yeah um but yeah i think that like i think that everyone thinks about it if they have any sort of like sex brain going on at all yeah people that aren't ever driven by sex probably don't think about it obviously
0: are not (laughs) thinking about it with anybody let alone uh their platonic friends
1: or just people that are, you know, less horny. Like I feel like I like <laughs> grew up being like a pretty horny person, so of course I thought about it and I think that I was pretty different than a lot of my other friends or at least I was more like open about it and they were more like shameful about it cuz girls are kind of mm. taught to be like ashamed of we are,
0: yeah, desires.
1: True. Um but yeah, I I don't know. I have a lot of guy friends. But most of them are
0: gay, so it, like, doesn't yeah. really... Yeah,
1: that's another thing, too.
0: <laughs> the other <laughs> person's queer, and, like, the the genders don't line up. Obviously, you can't be <laughs> friends without the sex being brought into it. Yeah, but then, like, I'm also attracted to girls,
1: and, like, I am not... Like, I've never really considered it with any of my girlfriends, you know what I mean? Yeah, same, same. I'm very much like, I think I've talked about this before, like friends are just friends to me for the most part. Like I don't, I've never really had um, a a relationship where I'm like, or I mean like I am attracted to this person and I want to be their friend, but I don't want to date them. Like I've always been like, that person's cool and they're nice and we have stuff in common and it would be cool if we dated, I'm just going to try to be friends with them hoping that it turns into something else but if it doesn't I would be fine you know what I mean yeah and then it just usually turns into something else
0: yeah like like a healthy attitude towards a friend zone basically
1: yeah like it's not (laughs) I'm not gonna be like upset if it doesn't turn into anything else and I'm not gonna like turn every social gathering into like let me try to get into your pants but yeah 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 (laughs) like you're not like entitled about it I could see this going somewhere, let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's really weird that she says that she doesn't like to eat between meals, like what a what a strange thing to, what a strange standard to hold to, especially yeah. when you've just been in college and you probably keep really weird hours and eat really weird times, I don't
0: know. Yeah, well her whole thing is she's really uptight and rigid.
1: Yeah, she's for... very particular, the whole food ordering thing, I would literally <laughs> I could not stand that. I uh, hate when people are super, super specific about food, I'm like picky out of necessity And I hate that I'm picky out of necessity, so I am just like the most easygoing as possible with everything that I can be easygoing about, you know? Yeah.
0: Uh, Like, uh, like it's not even like the fact that she is particularly bothers me. It's like, imagine like being the server that like has to help her and like she's listing off this like whole long ass thing. It's like, just fucking make food at home, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) I just went on a rant about this to Chris the other day. Because
1: when I was a server, I did have a couple people that were like that and it's like, just fucking make food at home. I'm sorry if you're this particular. You don't need to be coming out. I'm sorry. Like, and you don't get to be that person that's like, oh, well, they forgot to put my sunflower seeds in a small portion on a napkin at the side. So um, I'm not going to give them as much of a tip. Like, you don't get to be that person. You always tip 20% if you're that fucking picky, even if they mess something up. Yeah,
0: if you're gonna be that difficult, and especially if the place is busy, you gotta expect that there might be some mistakes.
1: Yeah, because they're not- like, you're not used to, as a server, doing really particular things all the time. You have this, like, schedule and list of things that you're supposed to, like, balance and multitask with each other, and then as soon as somebody does something crazy- It throws a wrench in that, and the more that you add on to it, the worse that it gets.
0: Yeah, which further goes into the whole white privilege thing, (laughs) because I'm sure she has never been a waitress, that character, in her entire life, so she has no clue Yeah. <laughs> She's never worked in the service industry. <laughs> yeah, I severely doubt it. <laughs> and like also the thing in the beginning where he's like, "Oh man, I think about death all the time." All that's like, "Look at this fucking edge lord Billy Crystal."
1: <laughs> I know. Um I was really glad that they like showed that he obviously grew from being that like pretentious college kid. Yeah. That like would have had a pulp fiction poster on his door. So, <laughs> oh, he absolutely thin out. Um like I'm I'm glad that they showed him moving on from that and not being that insufferable person the entire time. Like, he actually, like, grows as a person and is kind of, like, sweet and caring and, you know, nice and and gets along with her friends and... Yeah. yeah I don't know. Like, it, it Becomes, it's, like, it's more nice. thoughtful
0: and considerate and stuff.
1: Yeah, because I feel like that doesn't happen a lot. Like, I feel like people have that moment during the climax when everything goes wrong and they're like, oh, I have to win the person back, so now I'm going to do the growing. But he just grows as a person over years. Yeah, he just years. grows as a person
0: like, naturally over the years, as people do. Yeah. And the big grand romantic gesture at the end isn't really like a grand romantic gesture. He just shows up as like, hey, I love you and stuff. Here I am. Yeah. <laughs> And it feels and it more feels natural realistic. that way. Yeah, it yeah. feels a lot more natural. It's still very romantic, but it also feels like very like natural and realistic, especially to like the situation they're in and then of course it it like uh it ties back into the earlier New Year's party, so it's a good like narrative kind of thing. A lot of stuff comes full circle in this movie too. Yeah. Like, a at the beginning, where they're in the diner, and she's like, I have a good sex life, and, like, everyone stares at her, and she looks embarrassed. And meanwhile, later mm-hmm. on, she full on fakes an orgasm in a really crowded restaurant, just to prove a point. Yeah.
1: And, um, I do like that it's not the... This grand romantic gesture is not after he's, like, actually morally wronged her in a really horrible way. Yeah. They just are like, oh, our friendship and what we thought we had changed because we did this thing and we both think it's a mistake, but actually we both think- don't think it's a mistake. And it's made things really weird and I don't want to just be, like, here for you because you're sad about stuff. And it's not, like, because he fucked up really bad and then he has to do, like, a really grand romantic gesture to win her back and she just, like- takes him back just because wow what a grand romantic gesture but then you know that their relationship's gonna fall apart after that it's just gonna be a series of like grand romantic gestures trying to make reparations like here I bought you a giant teddy bear because I cheated on you hope that makes up for it (laughs) like like it's not gonna be like that and it's nice to yeah because I feel like that doesn't really happen a lot in rom-coms
0: yeah neither of them are like cruel to each other in this movie yeah in a way way i feel that like happens sometimes in other romantic comedies because they're supposed to like oh they hate each other it's quirky and cute and it's like no they're like really fucking mean and terrible to each other they should not be a couple yeah (laughs) whereas this they're just kind of like they just kind of like spar a bit but ultimately like they care about each other and it's not anything like malicious
1: yeah and it's also not they never do anything with each other when they're dating other people. Yes. I absolutely hate that trope in romantic comedies where it's like, Oh, well we're just meant to be, so it's totally okay that we kissed or slept together when we are both yeah. seeing other people. It's like no. Well so now think, you're think both about cheaters. that from the other fucking
0: person's perspective. Yeah, the person like I guess in a relationship with. Fuck this, this but this but other like, they're person. not the protagonist, so it doesn't <laughs> matter.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot of the time, they, they try to present the the other partners as being, like, really horrible and, you know, not the right person for it, and it's like, that still doesn't justify just, like, cheating with the person. Like, if you're no. actually this drawn to the person you're supposed to be with, you need to break up with the person that you're already with first, because that's super fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it is. And then, like, just, I don't know, starting a relationship based on a, a lie, basically. Yeah, is, is it's like, good. how
0: can you trust that person again? After yeah, that, you know they've already done it once who's to say they want to do the same thing to you
1: yeah and it's like i don't know like circumstances can change and you can talk things out and everything like that and i don't think that it's like i don't think that a mistake once is yeah. enough to like completely cancel out a relationship Oh no! no but if it's one not. of the things like in rom-coms where oh, I know that I shouldn't be with this person, but I keep dating them anyways, and I'm fucking someone else. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> and, like, they're the one, but I, I can't break up with the other person. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, it's not a mistake at that point. It's a conscious decision to be a bad person. So, yeah. you gotta stop. You gotta stop it.
0: <laughs> but yeah, neither of them do that, except, like, Billy Crystal tries a bit in the beginning of the movie, but not in, like, a super serious kind of way. Yeah. Like, he comes on to her. But it, like she shuts him down immediately. <laughs> yeah, and
1: again, it's a very weird situation where yeah, he's it is just like, like
0: it. I think he's like, yeah, this is obviously like I think in his eyes, he's not really in a relationship with yeah. this Amanda person anymore because he's like moving so far away. It, I mean, yeah, it's just it's just weird. I don't know. Yeah,
1: not saying that that makes it right, but it's just a weird situation at the very. It beginning. is a weird situation. It's really weird seeing Mike Wazowski in a rom com, though. I
0: have to say, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, Billy Crystal wasn't that bad looking back in the day.
1: No, it's just like the voice, and I feel like the only things that I've known him in is like Monsters Inc. and Princess Bride. <laughs> like, true, true. It's just very bizarre to me. Um, yeah, I didn't even but, look him up to see if he's done other rom coms. I assume maybe. I don't know. Let's.
0: <laughs> he probably has. He's done a Yeah, lot of he's films been racist like in the past. Oh, has he? Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All he was in howl's moving castle he was calcifer. yeah he's calcifer
1: yeah I, uh, that's the other thing that i don't know, know him from i know him as like a voice actor you know
0: yeah he's been in a not always as the lead i don't think
1: but i have a space mom with exclamation points Aww. written in my notes
0: carrie fisher she was really good
1: yeah she was i miss her i wish that i wish that everything had been different <laughs> Yeah, like I think that
0: she's one of the like
1: only celebrities that I'm actually like I think about her passing and get sad.
0: You know, it's it's really
1: shitty. Yeah, when Billy Crystal is on the phone with I guess when Harry is on the phone with Sally, uh, and he's like, (laughs) oh, I'll just stay up and moan, and then he's just like, (laughs) I'm like, oh, I've been there. Yeah, we've all
0: we've all been there.
1: Like, whether you're feeling sick or whether you're depressed or
0: whatever, just like, yeah.
1: ugh.
0: <laughs> I think something that's an interesting contrast between the two as well is how Harry just kind of, like, wallows in his misery, whereas Sally just kind of, like, represses everything yeah. until it eventually comes out when she finds out her ex is getting married. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting contrast between the two. Because it's usually, I feel like it's usually the other way around. I feel yeah. like it's usually, yeah. Yeah, it was kind
1: of cool that they had some some interesting takes on the the gender stereotypes and stuff. And then even when he's, um, when he's dating the girl that's so much younger, like he even acknowledges it. Like, oh, I asked her where she was when Kennedy was assassinated and she was like, Ted Kennedy? And so he's even <laughs> acknowledging, oh, it's a little bit weird, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's obviously why they don't stay together, so that's a cool thing that they're not, you know, yeah. Harry and Sally are the same age, so... Yeah, that's, perfecting. yeah, that's nice, instead of, like,
0: a <laughs> lot of movies where it's, like, a 50-year-old man and, like, a 25-year-old,
1: yeah. and, like,
0: no one brings up the fact that this is extremely strange. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just treated as, like, a normal thing, because, you know, it's the filmmakers projecting their own desires. <laughs>
1: also, yeah. And And, I mean, gross. maybe, um... <laughs> um, I'm like seeing how old each of the actors were
0: well you can look and see how old they are now so you can see if they're the same age
1: yeah oh well, he's quite a bit older than her but well, the and, characters and the fil- are and the, film the, same.
0: the same age though yeah and they don't look like significantly like there's a significant age difference between them so yeah and the purposes of the movie it's good
1: yeah, yeah he was born in 48 and she was born in 61 oh <laughs> so
0: it's like 10 years um he looks pretty young in this movie though he hmm. does yeah I think they did a good job at the beginning scene, too, like, a, it, like, both making them look younger. Yeah. And, like, they both acted quite young, too. I thought Meg Ryan's young acting was really well done, actually.
1: Yeah, her voice is a little bit higher, and it's, like, the very particular she's, way she holds herself and stuff. Yeah,
0: she's like, feels, like, more innocent and, like, full of, like, hope and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> Except not
1: really, because she moves to New York and she gets a job as a journalist and everything's just beachy keen, so. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's just... I guess I guess I think the thing with, like, the rom coms too, like, give these people, like, these good jobs and stuff, because, like, they want the focus to be on other things, and when you're, like, struggling to make ends meet, you're not really thinking about romance too much, and it's not the main yeah, focus of what you're doing.
1: I know. I know.
0: <laughs> it's true. But it still.
1: is. I mean... Doesn't mean that you can't. Want well, of course to find not. No, but... I just want to see a movie that's like, well, I'm struggling to make ends meet, so I'm gonna marry rich and then like try to just you know get through it, and then they actually end up falling in love.
0: <laughs> oh, Okay, I mean, Made in Manhattan sort of did that. I mean, she wasn't like trying to marry the oh, yeah. rich guy; she just kind of like stumbled into it. But yeah. <laughs> with baby Tyler Posey, I think the kid from Teen Wolf is in that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right.
1: Um, so I want to talk about the scene, the, the orgasm faking scene, because I find it unbelievable, not unbelievable, okay, I find it very funny that so many people are like, oh, women fake orgasms all the time and, like, men never know. And I'm like, if they don't know, I feel like that must mean that they've never given someone real orgasm because like there are internal things that are happening where you can tell yes (laughs) like you can't just make a lot of noise and be like oh my the walls of my vagina just stay still I guess that's just how I come like no that's not how it works like there's internal stuff going on
0: (laughs) yeah I I think it might be then also like men choosing to believe (laughs) probably yeah I don't know it's probably a lot of factors in that. Also, like, I mean, she does a fairly good job. You could also still tell, even, that there was acting. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I-, I don't know. Just to
1: all the straight men out there, uh, just pay attention more. Like... Yeah. <laughs> And give a shit. <laughs> if it's clearly fake, do something different next time.
0: Yeah. And also <laughs> and like, women if, don't she doesn't, it. if she doesn't if she doesn't have one, that doesn't mean she didn't have a good time.
1: I yeah, would like to point this out
0: as well. It doesn't always have to end in an orgasm.
1: It doesn't have to be like, oh, it's now a challenge to try to make it happen. Yeah, like, that that's chill. always what
0: bugs me. It's like <laughs> it's like it's fine, man. It's really super just okay. Chill. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah. (laughs) Like, you don't need to, like, sandpaper me to try to make something happen. Yeah, that's not
0: gonna help. Sometimes it just isn't gonna happen. Yeah. For whatever reason. It might have nothing to do with you. Maybe she just had, like, a shit day. And for women, it's a lot more mental than it is for guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. Not always, but I think generally, I think uh, a lot of it is mental. Yeah. I think that it can be the same for guys, too, honestly. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, guys, like, sometimes, like, might not finish because they're just, like, not in the mood or whatever else is going on. Yeah.
1: And I feel like there's always this portrayal of, like, men are always in the mood and women are never in the mood because they're just gross little shrews that never want to screw. Like
0: all all men just only think with their dicks and that's it. And, like, there's, like, kernels of truth as stereotypes, but, like, I feel like the perpetuation of it as, like, the solid truth forever and always in every single situation is, like, really harmful.
1: Yeah, I do too. I also have to say, if if you're a lady, don't fake an orgasm because don't. Then you're just setting the precedent.
0: You're like even if it just things seems for... easier, don't do it. <laughs> you're ruining things for yourself. Yeah. Because if he thinks he got you off, he's not going to do what you actually want him to do. Yeah. And if you guys wind up breaking up or not having sex ever again because of the one night stand, you ruin it for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like maybe if it's one of those things where it's
1: like. It's a one-night stand, and you already are like, okay, well, this is never happening again, clearly. Yeah. Like, still don't do it. Just be like, okay, buddy, why don't you hop on off? You can go home now. There,
0: there. <laughs> it's
1: not doing it. You should probably go.
0: <laughs> See ya. Uh, but in that scene, too, the woman who was like, I'll have what she's having, was the director's mother. Oh, really? Rob Reiner. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Yeah. I, I um... That's, like, one of the only other things, too. I guess it's part of the same scene, but I knew that line from this.
0: It's so interesting to think about, like, one of my dreams is to write something that becomes as, like, iconic and well-known as that scene. Even if people, like, never seen your movie or whatever, they, like, know the scene or they know the line. That'd be so cool.
1: yeah. I mean, you could just go the Tummy wayso route and just do something really, really horrible that makes you go <laughs> no, down in infamy. You can't
0: do that because if you set out to make something horrible, it's not going to be entertaining horrible. That's true. <laughs> you know, it's like you have to be sincere and it has to wind up horrible by accident.
1: <laughs> Step one, be a space alien. Step two, speak French. Step three, um, be really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and there. There you go. That's the, the secret formula. <laughs> That's the secret formula to being Tummy Weso. <laughs> um, I also think that it's really weird that no one stopped her, like, because it went Everyone on for just, a while.
0: I mean, to be fair, in that situation, I would just be staring
1: at her, too. I'd be
0: like, what is happening? Like, do you think they would
1: call the ambulance or something? Like, are you having a conniption? Like, are you okay? What's going on? Do you need a straitjacket? Do you need a pill? Do you need, like, a soothing voice talking to you? It's very strange. Um... And another person screaming later on when Billy Crystal is like, I was being nice! <laughs> but he, like, screams it. I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> like, when I get to, like, my threshold of I can't do it anymore and I'm just, like, tired of being nice all the fucking time, I'm just yeah. like, God, you guys are so stupid! I was being nice and you don't appreciate me! <laughs> mm, one of my notes says, she would be so snotty, and I think that I'm talking about the very, the, the scene where they have sex, but she's been crying Oh, yeah. Like, there would just be so much snot involved, it would be really gross. Yeah. And I know every time I cry a lot, I get a really bad headache, and my sinuses are really stuffy, and then I can't really breathe, so, like, kissing is really difficult, because, like, you can't breathe out of your mouth or your nose.
0: Yeah, have you been crying that hard? Like, it's not really, like, I don't know.
1: I would have a very hard time being in the mood no matter how long I'd been waiting to screw somebody if I'd been crying that hard. I don't know.
0: Yeah, Yeah, like a couple tears, sure. But she was like full on sobbing for a long time. So I think that's probably like I would I would need like a few minutes to pull myself together. Yeah. (laughs) First before trying for that. Yeah.
1: Also I love that she goes to get them water. And she pours it out of an Evian bottle. Like, doesn't New York have the best tap water in the country? They or something? do, but
0: some people are really prissy and stupid. So,
1: <laughs> which <laughs> fits so in weird. with her
0: character—how particular she is. She's like, I only drink Evian water. <laughs> True. <laughs> I You're
1: don't drink the, the tap water, Meg Ryan.
0: I mean, maybe the tap water wasn't that good back in the day. That's possible. I don't know. I don't know either. Back in the 80s. I know, like, the city back then had a reputation for being, like, really dirty and terrible. True. So, maybe they didn't have the tap water up to the standards of now. I'm not sure. Does it not still have a reputation for being dirty and terrible, No, it though? was way
1: worse. I know. Back then. I know there was, like, a much worse crime and everything yeah it was a lot in, more like, crime the 70s and, stuff. and
0: 80s. Um, I know my parents have, like, a huge prejudice against New York because of that. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not that as bad anymore. <laughs>
1: my dad too like whenever somebody mentions that he's just like Ugh. based on you know like maybe twice that he was there in yeah exactly and they the go to like the 80s. most
0: touristy crowded areas and they're like new york's so awful there's too many people and it smells and it's like yeah because you went to fucking times square you idiot yeah <laughs> i mean i
1: didn't super love it i like i loved all the individual things that we did but i didn't super love
0: yeah it's I not guess, for the everyone, whole
1: experience but... Um, I wasn't like, oh, it's smelly and gross or there's too many people. Like, you know that there's going to be smelly garbage and you know that there's going to be a lot of people. Like, that's just yeah. any city, you know.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I
1: was really sad that I didn't get to see a giant rat though.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 so sorry <laughs> you were disappointed and Did we go Did we take the subway anywhere? Yeah, we took it like, Yeah, a, the whole I'm time. I'm surprised we much. didn't see a rat. You'd, maybe you weren't looking at the tracks. Oh, I, was looking. The tra- oh, you I were was looking for. I was looking for them. I wanted to see one. <laughs> so I feel like I see a rat every single time I get on the subway. Yeah. not in the subway, but on the tracks. They were hiding from me. yeah, they knew
1: I wanted it and they they're <laughs> like no, we don't want We don't want to be seen. I see them all the time here and Evie loves them. She wants to eat them so bad. Oh no. <laughs> there's like they're not really like rats. I mean they are, I guess, but they're really more field mice size, you know. Yeah, they're, they're not like crazy muted little New York nature rats. guys. Yeah, <laughs> they're always rustling around in the bushes at the Seattle Center, which I hadn't.
0: I haven't seen Sleepless in Seattle, so yeah, I was I'll about to, to. I was literally just about to say that. I. I mean, I've seen enough of it, but I haven't watched the entire thing. The yeah. premise of Sleepless in Seattle is pretty strange. <laughs> um, I,
1: think I don't that know I how Nora Ephron
0: always managed to make like these situations seem so charming like she's basically like heard this guy on the radio and she starts stalking him yeah <laughs> it's like the premise of that film and it's like it's so weird you might
1: have seen like scenes from it oh um, i've seen parts of it yeah this is the one with the little kid that says yeah how much a head weighs yeah um i get it confused for some
0: reason with while you were sleeping well they both have sleep in the title so <laughs> true um, was, oh yeah, looking through my notes, something I want to bring up. What she brings up—that bad day with the guy who reached over, grabbed a strand of her hair, began <laughs> flossing his teeth. with it. That is some psycho shit. It Can really you is. imagine being on a date with someone with them doing that? I would literally just like leave. <laughs> I'd, I'd be probably like, just like deck them. <laughs> I'd be like, "What is wrong with you? That is disgusting." <laughs> Like, I like, wouldn't stay quiet. I would There's... be like,
1: what the fuck is... Yeah, like, what is wrong with you? That,
0: that whole thing is just, like,
1: brushed off.
0: <laughs> like It's like, is this something people deal with, <laughs> like, on It's a just one of those basis? quirky
1: New York dating experience things, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. I mean,
0: I know it's rough out there,
1: but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh. I think that it's really interesting, like, how terrible some people's dates tend to go, because I'm just, like, I've, I've never really had to, like, date yeah. in the same way that people in movies date,
0: so, uh, it's just I've never been interested in dating the way people in movies date. <laughs> no. It just seems so exhausting, and yeah, like it just to seems like such a waste of time for everybody involved, and, like, it's, it's just, it, apparently you're just Constantly going out with people who have looked like the worst social skills on the planet and can't even carry on a decent conversation and it's like Yeah. Ugh.
1: Like you can
0: pretty much find something to talk about with everyone, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Even if you don't have like a romantic connection, you can still have like a decent night out and not have to deal with a lunatic who's going to floss with your hair, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> I feel kinda like that way about
1: trying to make friends though you know because like you can't really like go on friend dates yeah that's... so it's like it's hard to try to to meet people and and be able to strike yeah. up enough of a conversation to to grow a friendship out of and again like I can usually talk to anyone about anything like like I can find something to talk about you know what I mean
0: yeah um, yeah
1: but there's just some people where you try to talk to them and they look at you like you're an alien and you're like i am doing my best here buddy like <laughs> i'm sorry that you've apparently never seen a movie or a tv show or read a book and you don't have any passions or hobbies or anything that you want to talk about but like, it's like come on, college humor sketch <laughs> <laughs> like i don't like i don't know i always try to inject like I hate small talk, and I don't really participate in that, like, I'm not usually like, haha, the weather, you know? Like, I usually try yeah. to inject more personality in my conversations with people, and I feel like people are, like, taken aback sometimes by, like, I had a roommate that described me as either animated or theatrical in the way that I talked, and that was, like, the best thing that she ever said to me, because she wasn't, like, a very, like, great person. Um... <laughs> I mean, she wasn't mean to me or anything like that. She just, like, got a dog when our one other roommate was asthmatic and could have been sent to the hospital. And she asked us if she could get a dog after she'd already gotten a dog and brought it home. (laughs) 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 So that's, like, the reason that I don't like her. Um, Not, like, anything she did to me or whatever, except, like, take all of my silverware and think that it was hers and never wash any dishes. But that's just, like, a normal roommate thing. Um, But, yeah, I feel like I'm usually, like, pretty animated and like maybe a little bit overly so when I'm talking to people, and I kind of make like funny voices when I talk, <laughs> and I'm trying to like make it less awkward. But then a lot of the time, people just look at me weird, and I'm like, okay, I'm not that weird. Yeah, like, you're, I'm doing you're really a lot not. Here.
0: Like, <laughs> you seem it might be just the people you're hanging out with are much more reserved. Like yeah. I know amongst uh, the friends I hang out with. They are way worse at that than you are. (laughs) So it might be just, like, the group of people you're talking to.
1: (laughs) Well, it's not, like, particular people that I'm, like, friends with currently. It's just, like, when your place is trying to mingle, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like like i feel like i try really hard to make other people feel comfortable because i never feel comfortable and i would like them to do the same for me and i feel like yeah. i don't usually get that reciprocation
0: yeah of, it's like, like it sucks when you're like trying to like be open to and like um make the other person feel comfortable to be open with who they really are and then just like getting just like this blank wall of yeah. silence <laughs> it's like whoop <"Wilp>, bye yep. <laughs> And then I'm anxious about me because I'm
1: like, oh, I'm I'm really weird and like people don't like me. Like They're like freaked out by my personality. No. And then I think about it more and I'm like, I'm not the weird one, you you're, know? You're really, you're really not. It's the other people that are weird. Like this weird experience that I had on the bus the, the one day, I was like writing it up to Chris's um, old job site because we were going to go to the mall afterwards and he was like, oh, take the bus up to me. And then we won't have to like get the traffic going both ways. So I was like, okay, cool. And it was really crowded bus and everybody was standing because it was like, you know, getting around the time everyone gets off work. So I was standing for most of the stops and I was just going to keep standing because I was like, I don't really need to sit. Um, But people kept needing to get past me. And I stepped into one of the rows where the seats are. Uh, to let people pass and there was this lady that was you know walking down the aisle and I thought that she was getting off the bus too but she like stood next to me and said something and I, so I took out my headphone and I was like what was that and she was like oh are you getting off and I was like no and she was like are you sitting here and I was like no <laughs> and like she just kind of like looked at me weird and she was like oh can I sit there and I was like Yeah. Like, and I was like, I'm sorry I thought that you were getting off. Like, I had just moved out of the way briefly, like, out of the aisle so that people could get off the bus. And she was like, okay, and, like, sat, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, like, I thought that you were getting off, um, but, you know, I was gonna switch out back into the aisle to, like, give you the seat if you weren't getting off like I, I said it differently than that you know yeah, yeah, but yeah, she yeah. just like gave me this weird fucking look and I felt like everyone was like staring at us and I just kept standing at that point because I was like what the fuck just happened like it was like two <laughs> seats that were empty but I didn't want to sit next to her because she was being really fucking weird and she had these like really cracked nasty dry lips and just like oh, I don't no. know she was just like like looked at me like I was a fucking alien or like I was a doofus or something and I was uh, like
0: hey that this is I- what
1: you do when you let people off the bus like I couldn't step into the area by the door yeah. that everyone was walking out
0: of. <laughs> Listen, I get sometimes people like miscommunicate or like maybe like talk past each other sometimes but one thing i cannot stand is people treating me like i said something weird or that i'm stupid when i did something totally normal and they're the ones who are in the wrong it's like go fuck yourself buddy it's like i thought that she
1: was walking past me to get off the bus and then when she didn't i was trying to get like back into the aisle so she could sit down and she's the one that made it fucking weird you know like people come on And then, of course, the rest of the bus ride, I was freaked out, and I was still standing up, and Chris was trying to frantically call me because it was, like, the one day that he ended up working later, and I couldn't answer the phone because I couldn't let go of the bar, and I was holding my jacket in my other hand, Uh, and it was just such a, like, oh, God. (laughs) Now I remember. I've been in that
0: situation many a time. Yeah. It's like, I can't hold
1: more than two things. Like, and I couldn't, like get my phone out of my pocket without just, like, smacking my jacket against a bunch of people. <sighs> uh, yeah, I can only make myself so small,
0: you know? Yeah, that's the only thing, too. I, I also, like, something that happens to me a lot is, like, I do my best to try to like dodge people whenever possible Mm -hmm. because everyone just seems to love slamming right into me for some reason. Yeah, and like I try to do that thing where it's like walk like a man, walk like you're not gonna get out of anyone's way, and people move out of your way. And then I try it, and people just slam right the fuck into me anyway. And it's like I'm it's faster for me to just like dodge people like I'm playing Frogger. You know what I mean? It's (laughs) it's just faster. I hate when
1: like. I, I do just like walk straight at people a lot of the time, and a lot of the time they don't make any sort of effort to move over, whether they're a man or a woman. Like yeah. people just walk directly d- at me. People think
0: we're I don't know. Like I feel like I, is it mutually, we're Like everyone should move over, like give I feel, each yeah, other that's, space. that's my stance too. Everybody should move out of each other's way. Unless, yeah, like you can't. I mean, polite. I understand. I understand sometimes with like extremely tall people, they legit might just not see me. Yeah, because <laughs> it's happened to me before, like with friends, I'd be like, "Oh my god, I literally didn't see it at all." But like, yeah. Other but I mean, I'm like, a little bit no taller reason.
1: than you, and it still happens to me, too. Like, I'm, yeah. you know, like, it's just people being dicks a lot of the time. Or you'll have, like, you try to step out of their way, and they step the same way as you, and then you both step the other way again, and it's like, okay, let's not do the dance. Like, which way do you want to go? Just point to me. Ugh. And you always feel like, I don't know. I I just hate feeling stupid for yeah. normal things. And yeah, then I, I obsess about them.
0: Exactly. It's anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like what happens a lot with me too is like I'll freak out so much about something and then it turns out to be nothing at all and I was freaking out for no reason and then when I don't freak out that's when everything goes wrong so then you feel like you have to freak out all the time over everything yeah and everything's just super stressful and fraught when it doesn't need to be that's exactly me too
1: or like I never know when to actually listen to my gut because sometimes like what is your instincts
0: what is your gut because It's yeah. like, oh man, my gut's always right. It's like, yeah, it's my which which is my gut, though?
1: Which is my gut? <laughs> like, is it is my anxiety? anxious thoughts
0: that are based on actual uh, absolutely nothing, or is it like, like what is yeah. it? <laughs> it? But it, you can't think about life, you, like you that. can't because you can't predict the future. And also, I think it's good to think about the times you were anxious and nothing happened. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like, oh, I was anxious about it and then it happened. That means I should listen to my anxiousness. It's like, well, you're anxious all the time. Yeah. (laughs) It was bound to happen at some point just because, like, statistically.
1: Yeah. Something's gonna go wrong. (laughs) Every single time when Chris doesn't respond to me right away and I'm like, oh no, what if he's dead? Like, what if he got into an accident? What if something bad happened on his way home from work? And then he's like, oh, I didn't have signal in the grocery store. I'm coming home with dinner, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, of course, just freaking out over nothing. Yeah. I would like to mention that uh, Malamar's are an amazing cookie and I would like some right now.
0: (laughs) I don't think I've had... Malamar, actually, not anytime recently because the thing, like, uh, my mom doesn't like marshmallows, so really? we never just had them in the house. But next time I see them, I might get some. Just they're they're pretty good. It. They're really
1: bad for you. Like, well, they're yeah. even worse than Oreos for you. Well, yeah. But...
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm not buying them because I'm like, oh, it's a healthy treat. No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm technically not supposed to eat marshmallows, but I'm not that strict about the vegetarian parts of food. Oh, yeah.
0: That's like, that's vegan territory, man. That's like... Well, I
1: mean, it's still like, it's animal gelatin, but it's like, at least it's the parts that they wouldn't use otherwise, right? I don't know.
0: I don't know either. I don't think about these things because <laughs> I'm not even slightly vegetarian at yeah, all. Yeah, no,
1: I'm I'm not that specific about it. Um, I just do my best to not, you know, eat actual meat. <laughs> so we've gone on like a really big tangent, but that's fine because, again, this is a comedy and like there's a little bit more to talk about in this yeah. than in other ones that we've done, but uh, I was going to mention the Wagon Wheel Coffee Table. <laughs> I didn't think that it was that bad honestly. I
0: mean, I thought it was pretty ugly. Um <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if it if it like um if it didn't have the glass top it would have yeah. been okay, but the glass top is what made it crossover into ugly. Yeah, it needs <laughs> to be
1: like one or the other.
0: Yeah, it needs to be like a really dark wood and like solid on top almost, I don't know, but the yeah. glass thing is like no. Yeah, get it out of there. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I agree do think with that Carrie Fisher. Sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> On yeah, pretty much everything I agree. Yeah, with yeah, yeah. Sure. But oh, like women making men get rid of their stuff, and it's like, are men really attached to their shitty things anyways? I don't, like
0: <laughs> no. I mean, uh, it also just kind of like when that scene starts, like it almost gets into like the whole oh she's like the nagging girlfriend kind of thing. But then mm-hmm. when Billy Crystal cares, like yeah, your fucking table's ugly, bitch! And it's like <laughs> well. <laughs> I was just being nice! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that. That was great. <laughs> like, sometimes, sometimes you just have bad taste and it's not the person yeah, that it's you not, nag. Like it's not, it's not that bad. I mean, Sometimes it's just ugly or it takes up too much space.
0: Yeah, the only times I say I think it would be, like, cruel to do that to someone is if you know it's, like, something really sentimental and personal to them. Yeah. Or, like, like their dying grandfather left it to them or something. Yeah. Like that, you know, then it's like, well, I mean, that's we can different. keep it, just not in the living room, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, the whole,
1: um, oh, the, my old sports jersey that was really important to me and you're making me get rid of it, it's like, that doesn't even take up any room. Like, yeah. you don't make someone get rid of it. But like, okay, The armchair that you've been farting in and wiping Cheeto dust on that you just like think is really comfortable but is actually the ugliest fucking armchair in the world, it's losing all of its stuffing and springs and it actually tried to kill my children the last week because like a spring popped out of it at them. Yeah, you need to get rid of it. I'm sorry. Just get a new armchair and in two years you won't even know that you used to have an old favorite armchair. Like...
0: (laughs) I mean, I do kind of sympathize with feeling like with all your stuff disappearing it yeah. feels like you're. It's not really where you live. It's not something you share with the other person. It's just yeah. their house, and you're living in it. But come on, <laughs> be sensible here. Yeah.
1: Like I, I always felt kind of bad because like me and Chris have been living together for like three years or something like that, and I'm always like asking him for opinions on oh, um, should we get like this chair or like how does this picture look? Should I put this here? And I always try to involve him as much as possible, and he's just kind of like, I don't really know what looks good. You do what you you know you yeah. feel is best. So a lot of the stuff that we have is like, kind of my stuff. Yeah,
0: but you you asked him for his opinion, yeah. and he left it in your hands, and that's completely different. If especially in that situation, if the other person asks you for your opinion, you don't give an opinion, or you just say, sure, that's fine. You got no grounds to complain about yeah. anything. <laughs> you just and don't, he man. doesn't
1: <laughs> like he he at his old place, like he barely had anything in his house at all because he was always working overtime and he wasn't ever home, so it was like, why have things? Um, And I'm like, you know, I've been trying to make things really homey for a really long time, but then sometimes I'm like, oh, I've got like, you know, all these stupid action figures and a lot of stuff is like very clearly mine, but it's also like stuff that we're both interested in. And he's like, oh, I like this too. So I don't feel like as bad, but like sometimes I'm just kind of like, you need to pick something. You pick this thing out, so it's like the thing that you have. <laughs> so I don't thing. feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I just made him get rid of the beanbag chair. Oh, <laughs> he had this giant beanbag chair that unzips and folds out into like a queen size mattress, and that was our couch when we first moved into our last apartment before we bought a couch. Because um, we didn't have anything to sit on in the living room. Yeah. Um, and it's like really comfy, but it's freaking huge. Like it's not a normal size beanbag chair, it fits a whole queen sized mattress. Yeah, I was about to say that it. must
0: be like a huge fucking yeah. beanbag
1: chair. So it's been taking up so much space in the living room for three years, and it's impossible to like plan any of the furniture around it and make it look good. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've been like quietly stewing over it forever and at this place we just like literally did not have a place to put the tree unless we got rid of it and we still had to move the couch all the way down and move the tables all the way down so that they're like basically butted up against the trash can in the kitchen now <laughs> so that's like how we're gonna live for the next month when we have a christmas tree um but we gave it to one of our friends and she was like oh well you can have it back after you get rid of the christmas tree if you want and chris is like oh yay and i'm like no you keep it <laughs> I want to be back, able please. to walk on the floor in the living room again.
0: I will pay you to keep it. <laughs>
1: i just, like, keep quietly bribing her on the side.
0: <laughs> slip her money under the table. <laughs> just our little secret. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of that whole scene, too, I like, uh, uh, Jess and... Oh, my God. What's Carrie Fisher's character's name again? Marie, I think. Marie, yes. I literally just watched this movie a couple hours ago and I forgot already. Same. Um, <laughs> like, they, they serve as, like, a nice... A foil for Harry and Sally and as a good, like, catalyst for them to start, like, considering each other. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like, oh, our friends, it's like, they just jumped on it the second they met, and it worked out great for them. Meanwhile, yeah. Harry and Sally have been dicking around for, like, ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, not committing. Especially
1: so. seeing as Carrie Fisher's character had been dating a married man for years and kept being like, I know, I
0: know, and, like, he's never gonna leave her, like, yeah, it's like, she's like, she knows, but does she know it, though? Does she mm-hmm. know it? No, she doesn't. <laughs> Until she finally meets someone.
1: Yeah. Which is kind of a crummy sentiment, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, you should I, I mean, have I to did. meet the perfect person so you stop sleeping with a married man, but... <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I guess it, I don't know, I guess it kind of, like, it's hard to let go of things sometimes, and you still, like, hope for things, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I guess, it's probably a difficult I also, like, I thought it was very interesting that the movie didn't judge her for this at all. Yeah. Like, no one's like, you're a terrible person. <laughs> Please stop doing this. They're just, they're just like, dude, this is hopeless. You gotta cut it out. Rather than as, like, a moral judgment. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, we yeah. still like the character. Like, the fact that she's seeing a married man isn't considered, make doesn't make her a villain. Yeah. And, I mean, it really
1: is the fault of the married man.
0: Yeah, of course Yeah. <laughs> Especially if he's, like, stringing her along. Yeah, like this, like we all, like everyone knows he's not gonna leave his wife, and he's still like seeing her. Yeah, it's, yeah.
1: Like it's definitely both people's fault in that situation, but if you're the one that has a
0: commitment, then you are the most at fault. <laughs> yeah, the most at fault because it's it's ultimately your responsibility to end things. Yeah, because you're the one who's doing something that's like terrible, not necessarily other person too much.
1: Yeah, I'm glad that there wasn't like a whole home record narrative. Yeah, that in was nice. It
0: was refreshing. Because that's always just sort of annoying. Yeah. It's like, we all know it's not the good thing to do. Let's yeah. not focus on that. It's not the point of the story.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I honestly think that cheating in movies, I know that it happens a lot in real life, unfortunately, but I just think that it's one of the most boring plot devices. Like, it when is there's...
0: The- I mean, it it can be written in an interesting way, but, but I feel like a lot is. of the time, especially with straight romances, it's like, oh, it's another English professor sleeping with an underage student. Like, it's yeah. boring. It's really boring. In real life, yes, I imagine it's something very dramatic and, like, very emotionally fraught and, and like, upsetting, and it's something you might want to put into your art, but it's, yeah. it's so overdone, and it's, like, a tale as old as time at this point, <laughs> and, like... I you gotta like it's also make just,
1: it different in some way. It's added so much just as, like, an extra point of drama because people don't know how to write conflict any other way. Yeah, that too, that too. Like, there's so many movies and TV shows that I've seen where married couple is, like, really distant with each other and they're acting really weird and you're like, oh, what is going on between them? Like, why are they being so weird and, like the woman is so angry at him and it gets them into bad situations just because, like, they can't communicate. And then you find out, like, oh, one of them discovered that the other was cheating on them. And they are still together for some reason, like, for the kids probably, (laughs) instead of, like, either talking about it or just divorcing. And so it's just, like, this really stupid conflict that doesn't really need to exist
0: yeah it's just kind of there just to be there as opposed to like using it to like explore anything involving the characters in their relationship
1: like i think that um in love actually with emma thompson and alan rickman it was yeah that was really well done that was
0: great because i mean also because primarily like it focused on both of them and it was also like uh it starts out we don't know alan rickman is married with children so yeah. we're like, oh, this is another fucking thing with, like, his secretary whatever. And then, like, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit, there's another dimension to this. And then it gets into Emma Thompson's point of view. And, of course, because Emma Thompson is, like, an amazing actress as yeah. well. And also because, like... like- you don't know, just, like,
1: her, I mean, I don't think that he actually does anything. Right? Yeah, I,
0: I don't think he did anything, I think it just almost got to that point.
1: Yeah, and then it, it's it's the whole thing with her of discovering it, like, is it just a necklace? Is it a necklace and a kiss? Is it a necklace and sex? Like, yeah. is it a necklace and love? Uh,
0: how do we deal with this? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that that was a very sad story. Yeah. Like, also, like, the part where she was, like oh man, tell me I don't ever have to go back out there. (laughs) And he was like, nope, you don't. It was a very sweet moment, but it was also like, oh man. (laughs) We've all been there. It's like, you think, oh god, I don't want to go and date people. God, it's so rough. It's so rough.
1: That's how how I feel. Especially when you're
0: starting something new with someone, there's all that uncertainty And you're like, I don't know how to behave. What's the best way to behave to get the best outcome in this situation? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, I don't want to drive them away, but also like, ah, what's right? What do I do?
1: Yeah, I I don't envy having to go back to that sort of...
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I, I take a very long swig of beer.
1: (laughs) I don't even know how I would date now because like, things have progressed so rapidly since I actually seriously was like in the market. You never
0: on the apps yeah, I'm not on the apps, but like the, the apps are an option and they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, and I hate they, it. Like, and like someone I know was complaining about how like you can't even really approach someone in a bar anymore because they'll treat you like you're a fucking creep even just yeah. for talking to them because you're expected to just use the apps and that's it. You're not expected to go up and try to strike up a conversation with somebody, which I think is extremely sad.
1: Yeah, I think that's I mean, pretty bad because I just don't. I'm sorry, I don't know anybody personally that has met someone that they stayed with for a long time on an app. Like I yeah. everyone that I know that's in a relationship or has had good relationships has met people through mutual friends yeah, or that's, through a hobby or a job or whatever. Exactly, yeah.
0: I mean, it's happened for sure, but like I also don't really uh know anybody who's had a lasting relationship. This is based off an app. Uh I, I, my whole thing is I would I don't wanna go on a date with someone the first time I'm meeting them you know what I mean yeah it's just my thing too it's yeah it's too fraught there's too many expectations and I just it's just weird to me and I don't really like it that's only really ever it's only something I've ever kind of done once and even then I had met the person before going before they asked me out yeah so it's not like the first time I'm ever meeting them
1: yeah, I think that is very bizarre too because I would just feel so anxious and I would probably just end up canceling because yeah. <laughs> like meeting someone for the first it feels like an an interview or something like for Yeah, a job, exactly. Yeah, it does. I would want to be like, "Hey, maybe we can like hang out in a big group of friends and go bowling or something so we can like feel each other out and yeah. then it's not like a commitment to yeah. you know a, a whole date when you've never met before, yeah. but like it's expected on those apps that you're going to either hook up or date immediately. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I, think, I I guess one advantage to those apps, and this is there was actually an article in The Atlantic about how our generation is having less sex in general and how like people are like, I only want to use the apps. And someone brought up something I think is a good point, which is like, in real life, I can't tell if the other person's interested in me, but if I use the apps, at least we both know right at the beginning we're at least a little bit interested in each other right away. So yeah. it takes the guesswork out of it. Which, yes, I can definitely but, see the appeal in that case, but also it's just... Ugh. But at the same time,
1: they're interested in you and they're showing that explicit like matching with you based on a specific set of photos, not seeing your face in three dimensions in real life. Yes. And that's still different. Like it's, yeah. it's They're interested it in is. a different portion of you than if they were just to meet you in real life. And I feel like... In real life, as adults, it's not actually that hard to tell if someone is interested in you. Like, if somebody finds you attractive, like, I feel like you can tell in their yeah. their body language and their yeah. face and the way they interact with you. Like, you can't just be like, do you like me? Yes, no. Like, the <laughs> app basically does for you, I guess, but even still, I feel like the app isn't actually a good
0: indicator of that because it isn't. you're it just... Is- also, you don't swiping. know what exactly it is they might be interested in either. So, you're yeah. still like, maybe they just want a one night stand. Maybe they're looking for a relationship. Maybe they they were interested in you and they see you in real life and they're like, oh, never mind. Yeah. And it's like, maybe this person is really cool. And if, if I met them in real life, I would be attracted to them. But I'm just going off of a photo here. And yeah. like, it's not, this isn't enough information for me. I made one basically like as a joke uh, when I was
1: in Jacksonville visiting my friend one time because we were kind of just like what will happen you know like i wasn't Mm -hmm. actually going to meet up with anyone or anything like that yeah 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 um and i was also like not with chris at the time like it was on one of our um on and off periods uh actually we were probably just not talking at all at that period but like again i wasn't just like oh let's see what tinder is like even (laughs) though i'm dating chris you know um i
0: mean even that's valid as long as you weren't planning on doing anything about it Eh. And, he, and be, if you told them about it, too. Yeah, if if we are open about, like, telling them
1: about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, like, all of the people that were on the app, I was like, ew, 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 ew. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, some of them messaged me, and they just, like, the opening lines were all fucking terrible, and it was really yeah. weird. And I, I was like, I can't imagine actually trying to do this seriously, because it would feel yes. so disheartening. It, like, it
0: really is. Like, even... Like, I don't even take it seriously the times I go on it. And I'm like, oh, this is. But the thing is, as when you're. Like, for heterosexual dating, I wouldn't even attempt to use dating apps. But the problem yeah. is with queer dating, you gotta find them. That's yeah. the whole thing. It's not like like you can meet a girl and assume she likes women it's and like go your from Pokedex, there. For you have to find the queers. So you have to, like. Yeah, exactly. It's like Pokemon Go, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta 'em them all. It's like. <laughs>
1: Oh uh, boy! There's a, a self-described bye in the park. Let's go catch her. <laughs> Listen, this is a million-dollar idea. <laughs> like gamify it. Like, have we really gotten to the point
0: where we've gamified the dating app thing yet? Like, I think I it. Like, I think no. a lot of it. I think like it does feel like a game. Yeah. The whole thing is like you're basically flipping through people like they're playing cards. Yeah. And you're you're trying to get matches, and you're trying it. it I mean, like, dating has always been referred to as a game, to be fair, Mm -hmm. and it kind of is. uh, It's just, it's always going to be different, like, over the years, you know? Like, it's going to change
1: in all kinds of different ways over the years, and people just are going to adapt to it. But I would like to liken it, again, to my own personal struggles. (laughs) Because... It's all online now, and you can't get a sense for the actual person. All you can get a sense for is, like, how good they are at taking photos of themselves, and yeah. how good they are at writing a profile about themselves. And then, like, if you have mutual friends, right? That's, like, an aspect of it. Yeah. Um,
0: which is very much like... That would make me swipe like, no. I'd be like, oh god, we have mutual friends, no, whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this goes horribly wrong.
1: <laughs> it's very much like trying to find a job now, though, because... There is this like weird dichotomy of, um, I, dichotomy is not the right word, I don't think, but there's this weird thing of, like, you can't find anything to apply to unless you're online and you're looking to apply to stuff online, but all of the applications online are going through a robotic system, and you never know, like, whether or not your application is reaching a real person, yeah. and if it's getting rejected for you know like you don't know what reason you're getting rejected for is it because you don't have this many years of experience in this extremely specific job title is it because there was a key term that got it thrown out or a key term that you were missing or whatever like you never know who is swiping right and who is swiping left you know because they might not message you even if they do like your resume and then there's also this thing of like everyone's pretty much like oh well you have to do this but you're not going to get a job unless you network and unless you like meet people in real life and like find openings that aren't already being filled or being interviewed for that they've just now posted online and it's kind of the same thing with dating is like well you can have like chances on tinder but it's probably not ever going to turn into like a full-time good relationship unless it's someone that you've met and gotten your foot in the door with Or already. you just get extremely lucky.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
0: that's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. And also, like, people, like, it's like, oh, it's all a numbers game, blah, blah, It's like, I don't want to spend my time going on tons and tons of dates just to maybe find someone I click yeah. with. And then it winds up not working out. It's like, it just sounds so exhausting. I don't care that much. <laughs> yeah I really don't care that much like I could wind up alone and I'll be fine like I don't I have no interest in just doing all this work for something that like honestly it's entirely likely won't work out yeah <laughs> you know if i happen to meet someone naturally that's a completely different thing i'm not going to close myself off to that but like putting in all this effort it's like why yeah that's the thing
1: <laughs> you and know? again just you know to bring the analogy around putting in all the effort of like tailoring your resume and your cover letter a very specific way and then it literally never gets to a human being because the posting wasn't even real and they just hire someone (laughs) internally, you know? Oh god, that sucks, man. Or uh, the the thing that's been happening to me the most is that something will be really promising and then I get told, you know, a week later, oh, the position's been put on hold or the position's been cancelled, they decided they're not hiring for it after all. And it's like, yo! (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) What? (laughs) fucking you know, bait and switch man yeah <laughs> fucking tease no, I just gets stood up all the time that's been the story of my life the past year is is literally just being stood up like for jobs just constantly it just seems really promising and then nothing comes of it and i'm like i've wasted all of this time and i'm not ever putting all my eggs in one basket of course like no, i still have like continual applications going out But it's like, I've wasted all of this time, and then it turns out being nothing. And a lot of the time, it's like, they won't even get to the point of doing official interviews. So I'm like, I don't even get to practice my interview skills. You know? It's all dumb. (laughs) Yeah.
0: There are a lot of parallels.
1: Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) Maybe I really just need to, I don't know. Like, I feel like I was pretty good at the, the dating game, even though I didn't go on like normal dates,
0: and I wish that I could apply that to... To gain jobs, but uh. hmm. maybe that's worth thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that would translate. <laughs> but yeah, it's either it's either like uh, with with dating too. It's either like you want like I've, so much in life is a matter of luck and chance, and especially mm-hmm. in this movie too, the fact that they like saw each other again several times after yeah. is definitely a matter of luck and chance, and them getting to reconnect was a matter of luck and chance, and. I feel like if you're, if in any situation, especially with love and romance, if you're just like trying too hard, it's not going to happen and you just have to let things play out the way they're going to play out and everything will eventually fall into place the way it's meant to fall into place. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the kind of person who's like, everything happens for a reason, (laughs) but you know, the stuff in your life led you to where you are. Yeah. And if it had happened in a different way, you wouldn't be where you are.
1: Yeah, and you wouldn't be who you are. You wouldn't have, like, grown in the same way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, lesson yeah. Yeah. of the podcast of the day everything is up to luck and just
0: give up and let things happen. And stop well, don't give up. It. But, like, you got to do some work. But, like, <laughs> stop you know, overthinking just it. <laughs> stop overthinking. This is terribly hypocritical advice coming from us. But yeah. <laughs> it's. To- <laughs> do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. We know what we should be doing, we just don't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, so you like the movie. Yeah, it pretty good. good. Yeah. I I like this movie, too. It reminds me, in a lot of ways, of Annie Hall, which I can't watch anymore, because Woody Allen is terrible. Um, yeah. It has, like, a similar vibe to Annie Hall, so it's a good alternative <laughs> to that. yeah. And at
1: least you know that Nora Ephraim is, like, a good person, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah. Like, she's not, like, think... an awful person, probably. Yeah, I don't think
1: that she did anything bad, but I wouldn't know because I barely know who she is,
0: so. Yeah. I think she's probably fine. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that's been The Why Haven't You watched That Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at YWT Podcast for more cool stuff about the films that we talk about. Uh, you can also please rate and review us on iTunes. We got one more five-star (laughs) rating from someone recently. Oh, boy, did we? Yeah. Um, So please take the time to do that if you can. We're also now on Spotify... Yeah, we so are. so maybe you're listening to us on Spotify right now. I, for some reason, I thought it'd be a lot harder to count Spotify. I thought so too. Yeah, I, thought I think that they it were used like, to be. "Oh, you
1: have to only like you have to submit your stats and you have to have this many people listening to you." Yeah, or I think something. that's the way it
0: was. I think now anybody, I get obviously anyone now can just submit <laughs> it and then like, not to like neg ourselves, but like you know, I just I when I did like, oh, okay, you're in it. It's like oh. I was like, all right, I thought I had to wait, but no. Like, I thought that I had to submit my LA UCB cred
1: to them and, you know, then be considered, have to meet Paul F. Tompkins at least, like, three times.
0: (laughs) He has to to notarize your documents.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If we had hunted him down
0: and just asked, I I bet he would have been like, uh, sure. (laughs) Yeah, I met him once. I could have done it. (laughs) Oh. I met him last year. Really? Yeah, it was, um, we went to, uh, with two of my friends, we went to, uh, the Bell House for a live recording of Super Ego, oh, and yeah. I got his, uh, autograph after, it. it was, oh, this is a fun story, That's uh, okay. so- <laughs> sorry to go on a tangent right at the end, but, uh, years and years ago, I went to, uh, Michael Ian Black and Michael Showalter, uh, event And I didn't have anything for them to sign except for my copy of The Lovely Bones. <laughs> and so I was like, would you also like to sign this completely unrelated item? And they were like, sure. <laughs> and they signed it. It was funny. They crossed off Alice of Old's name and wrote their own. It was great. <laughs> and then years later, I was in the same situation. And, like, I was getting stuff signed from my friends because they were outside smoking. And I was like, I want something signed, too. I don't want to buy anything. And I was like, would you like to sign this copy of Gone Girl?" <laughs> <laughs> Paul of Tongers was the first one to sign it And he wrote, if you look really closely You can see Ben Affleck's penis for 30 seconds <laughs> That's
1: amazing Yeah, that was a great night uh, I don't so- think I've <laughs> ever met anyone remotely famous Except for a couple of ice skaters I, I don't, yeah I, I don't know what to do with myself If I recognize people that I like know yeah. in public like <laughs> Let alone, like
0: a famous person yeah yeah, I'd be yeah like, I, agree, I don't yeah.
1: i don't know i don't want to bother them and yeah. chris would be like just ask and i'd be like no i I'll just like you know i just saw them from a distance and that's fine and he'd be like no just ask
0: they get this all uh, the time just ask yeah <laughs> i feel like in those situations i would actually leave them alone but like yeah. uh, actually tying into this too when i i went to love loss and what i wore which was nora efron's play uh we me and uh my friend were able to go to the cast party after because it was my friend's mom's theater and i got to meet kobe smolders so that was cool that's cool and also rachel harris at the end she was like i think she was a little drunk and, <laughs> me and my friends we were like we think you're so fun she was like oh my god thank you guys so much and she <laughs> hugged us
1: that, that was fun. so cool Yeah, that was great um yeah, i wouldn't know what to do with myself <laughs> yeah i guess we
0: should probably sign off sign off yeah <laughs> all right uh so thanks for listening i've been jackie i've been lita And this is why haven't you watched that?